Good morning. Welcome to another edition of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, and with all the help we get from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Denny Long. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good uh, myself. I see the uh, temperature has just uh, warmed up to two above <laughs> here in the Twin Cities. Uh, we are going to get a warm-up uh, on uh, on Tuesday of about 40, 41 degrees or so. So that'll be, that'll be a nice change. Maybe things have turned around. I don't see any minus temperatures in the prediction for this coming week. So that's that's uh, that's good news. I would assume those folks at uh, Lloyd's Automotive, your crews, uh, have been busy again with this off again, on again, sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, it has. You know, with the with the sub-zero temperatures and the little dustings of snow and and uh, that we've had here for the past month. Uh, you know, it, yes, it has kept us very busy, and uh, there's been a lot going on uh, relating to that. Uh, you know the. The cold weather and the hot weather are the things that are hard on people's vehicles, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the hot weather. That'll be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice change. I happen to be into uh, Lloyd's this past week getting my uh, car's uh, oil changed, oil and filter, of course. Do people ever do just the oil? I mean, I, I you know, I see it in the, in the maintenance chart saying, well, if you're going to change the filter, it'll be this much oil. I mean, you always change the filter, right, when you change oil? We do. We always change the filter. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of problems. One is the, the filter, you know, you have no idea what the condition of it is. And if it plugs, it goes into a bypass mode and does no good uh, with regards to filtering the oil. So you wouldn't want to leave it any in there any longer than you have to. And secondly, if you don't change the filter... You leave some dirty oil in the system. Uh, well, you leave a little bit in anyway because you can't completely drain the oil pan and stuff. But uh, but you leave a, you know a pretty significant amount more uh, if you don't change the filter. So yes, we change the filter 100% of the time. Yeah, makes sense. If you have any kind of a car care question, if you have to bring in your vehicle for service at your favorite shop or your favorite dealer. Uh, and you want to know maybe what could be wrong with it, uh, why don't you give Dan a call or text? It's just one number to remember. Uh, that is 651-461-9226. You know, our time is limited this morning. Uh, it seems to go by so quickly. Dan uh, will leave us in about a half hour or so. So don't wait. Any kind of a car care question you might have. And, again, you don't have to be a motorhead or a gearhead to uh, – although we do get a lot of uh, callers or texters, Dan, as you remember – uh, people who still like to work on their not only work on their vehicles, but some who have had that as a career. So we have uh, we have all across the spectrum, uh, beginning drivers and uh, uh, auto mechanics as well that uh, that uh, tune into the show. Um, what about the again? Here's the number six five one four six one nine two two six. I urge you to call or text now. Uh, because we do run out of time so quickly. Is there a difference? I know we've talked about this in years past. As far as oil filters, it's so hard. How do you tell if it's a good one or not? Is it? Can you basically go by price or, or what? Because it does make a difference, I presume, in the quality. Well, it certainly does make a difference. And, uh, you know, the, the cheapest ones, the least expensive ones, you don't really want to use because they're, you know, pretty much just a coated paper uh, filter and um, you know I'm, I'm afraid that they break down pretty quickly 
And yes, I think that if you, when it comes to a filter, and they're not too expensive no matter what, but I think that if you let price be your guide and name brand be your guide, I think that, you know, the name brand people have things figured out. And there's lots of places in the world to save money, and uh, an oil filter is not one of those. (laughs) You should get the best that you can. It's worth the investment. It's a very important part to your vehicle, and so uh, you should uh, you should get the best you can. Especially if you're going to wait, you know, the intervals maybe these days longer in between oil changes. So get the, get the best. It's just it maybe a buck or two more or, or so, but it's uh, it's not a great deal. So do what you can. Uh, let's see, uh, Dan. Here is a text that just came in a bit ago because this comes from Peg in Hudson. Uh, because we now have stainless steel exhaust systems, what might be the other reason or reasons for driving until the engine temp is fully up to uh, to warm? Well, uh, it's just good. It's just good for the vehicle. You know, for for one thing, uh, if you don't drive your vehicle very much, it, it the battery and the electrical system all needs to get. Uh, recharged after sitting and after uh, starting the vehicle, and that takes certainly all needs to get uh, recharged after sitting and after uh, starting the vehicle, and that takes certainly uh, as long as it takes for the engine to warm up. And um, you know, yes, she states that um, exhaust the exhaust systems are stainless steel now. Um, and that's true, but uh, no matter what, no matter how long you drive the, the vehicle, uh, you're never going to get all of the water out of the exhaust system because, you know, water is just kind of the byproduct of of combustion, and it's what's left over after they take the energy out of the fuel. All of that water ends up in your tailpipe, and that's why when you're driving down the road and, and you, you know, in, on these cold mornings, you see that steam coming out of the tailpipe of every car. That's because uh, there's water there for sure. And so, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it, it, there's, there's lots of reasons to drive your vehicle, to, you know, to not let it sit all the time, to not just quickly start it and move it. Uh, you should let your vehicle run for a little while and take it for a drive and use it. They, they age much better if they're used a little bit than they do if they just sit in the garage. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's do this, Dan. We'll take a quick break here. Again, invite our listeners to join in. Uh, if you have a, any kind of a car qu- care question for Dan, uh, call it in or text it in. Either one, Dan is going to be with us till just about 745. So call or text this number, 651 461 We'd love to hear from you, 651 461 9226. Now, two above zero here in the Twin Cities. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO, stay with us. It is exactly 720 Central Time from the cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis here in 830 WCCO. Denny Long here, along with ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located exactly where, Dan? You don't have to tell me. I was just there, so I know my way. But where? where is it? Uh, Denny, thanks for asking. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria uh, on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. 
You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call as soon as this morning, 651-228-1316. Very good. 982 Grand Avenue. Yeah, great avenue it is. Uh, We'll uh, get you that phone number before Dan leaves us today in case you missed it. Uh, If you uh, have any kind of a car care question, again, don't wait. Call or text 651-461-9226. Speaking of calls, let's grab some here. Folks hanging on the line. Patrick is first up calling, I believe, from Circle Pines. Patrick, what's your question for Dan Burns? Hey, Dan, this is Pat. Uh, I'm having a problem diagnosing my uh, my low beam lights won't work at all there. I checked the fuses for the, in, the, in the fuse box for the for the front headlights, and they I can't get them to work at all. I mean, the high beams work and the, the floodlights and everything, but the low beams don't work at all. Can you help me diagnose that? Well, <clears throat> it's pretty hard for me to do over the phone. Uh, of course, first thing you should do is uh, try a new headlight, or at least uh, if if you have a test light, at least test and be sure that you're getting power and ground to the headlight uh, because uh, it does happen, and I've done it myself, where I spent a bunch of time diagnosing a car, and it turns out that it just happened by coincidence to have two burnt-out headlights. Uh, so that's the first thing to start with. And then the next two most likely causes are the, uh, the uh, I don't know what kind of car it is, but they, you know somehow there's a high beam switch, and usually that's part of the turn signal. And uh, that's an area that problems arise with the headlights. And then the other place that that problems arise is with the headlight switch itself. And oftentimes nowadays that switch is also part of that multifunction switch, which includes the turn signal. So uh, there's a chance that it's that that, uh, switch that's bad. But certainly don't skip over the basics. Try a new headlight and see if that takes care of it first. All right. Very good. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Pete is calling in from uh, Minneapolis, I believe, this morning. Pete, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Dan Burns? 05 Corolla. I, I started to lose brake pedal. I um, did a little investigation. I find my right front caliper outer boot, the large boot over the piston is weeping. I uh, do a, a check of parts through the internet is all new to me but i do see there's a piston and boot repair kit but it comes with o-rings is that readily repairable or do i just shop for a new caliper yeah i could do that service for you but you would not want to take that service on yourself we very rarely even as professionals rebuild uh calipers because uh, in our climate, the calipers, the you know, the housing of the caliper, the piston and all that stuff ends up getting so rusty that so often it's not serviceable anyway. So uh, you answered your own question. Yes, you should uh, search and uh, find a, a good caliper and replace the whole caliper assembly. Remembering now that when you remove or when you replace that front caliper, you're going to need to bleed all four wheels uh, and get the air out of the system. And so one of the things that you're going to want to uh, 
work on and be careful with is that you can get all of the other three bleeders open uh, on the other calipers to uh, be able to bleed the, the, the hydraulic fluid on the brake system. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at some of these texts. Thanks, Pete, by the way. Uh, like the show, this one says 1998 F-150 E-40D transmission. It's got 225,000 miles on it. The owner's manual, Texter says, does not give the transmission change interval, but uh, this Texter has heard flushing can loosen debris that seals the internal parts. I know you don't have uh, six million manuals in front of you <laughs> as we're talking here, but what, what do you think about that comment about uh, how, do, how do you, first of all, how do you find out if and when you change the transmission fluid, and uh, what about loosening debris? Well, <clears throat> the inside of a transmission uh, is very clean. The fluid that's in there is a high detergent fluid, and so uh, I, d- I don't think you have too much to worry about uh, loosening debris or things like that by uh, flushing the transmission. I think that you know that 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 should be just fine. I think that. Uh, that I would not be afraid to go ahead and flush the transmission. But if, if you've never done anything to the vehicle, it might be a good idea for you to uh, do both transmission services. The first one being remove the pan, change the filter, and clean all of the debris out of the bottom of the pan. And then when you get done with that, fill the transmission back up and then go ahead and flush the transmission. And if you do both of those services, uh, you're going to have a, you know, like new, uh, not not the components, but the fluid inside your transmission is going to be like new. And uh, I think that, that you would do just fine by going ahead and doing that. All right. Let's grab another phone call this morning, Dan. Sue is checking in from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Sue, good morning. You're on with Dan. Good morning. I'm thinking of purchasing a 2018 Lexus ES350. Wondering your opinion on that. And it comes with a lot of bells and whistles. Do you have more problems when you got more items like that on a car? Well, you know, anything that you add to a car is going to certainly offer the opportunity for breakdown and, and for repairs, but uh, I think that if you're going to be driving the vehicle a lot, I think they put the bells and whistles on because people like them, and uh, it doesn't cause me to hesitate. I, you know, buy a vehicle with all the bells and whistles. When I go buy a vehicle, I try and get it with, you know, everything that I can possibly get on it. So that's just kind of a personal preference thing. I would not be afraid to buy a vehicle with with, uh, all the accessories that they have to offer. Uh, with regards to an uh, 18 or 18 F350, they're great vehicles. I think, uh, you know, in 2018, it was probably the most popular truck that was sold in America, and I and I so I think that you'll probably do just fine with that. Is this? A, I think she said a Lexus ES350. Oh, an ES350. I'm sorry. An uh, <laughs> I heard F350, Denny. I'm sorry. <laughs> a Lexus ES350. Well, I will also state that that was also a very popular uh, oh, vehicle yeah. in its day. And uh, y- you have had experience, Denny, with Lexus, and I found it to be uh, a great vehicle. And you asked me about it before you bought it, and I recommended that you go ahead and buy it. So 
Uh, I think that you'll be serviced. You you would be just fine whether you had an F three fifty or an ES three fifty. I think <laughs> right. either one would be fine for you. <laughs> That's absolutely right. All right, thanks, Sue. Appreciate the question. Tell you what, let's do this. Uh, let's take a break, Dan. We we'll look at that forecast. Uh, Dan Burns will be back in a moment or two after the weather, and uh, we'll uh, answer some more car care questions here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long, along with uh, ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, answering your car care questions today. Here's one for you, Dan, on the text line. Is there a machine on the market to get rid of odors in your car? Well, um, I have heard. I don't have any, and I don't have any experience with this. Most often when uh, there's an odor in a car, uh, it's coming from the heat box, and and we use a chemical uh, procedure to clean that. But I have heard of these ozone uh, um, machines that I'm not exactly sure how they work, but you plug them in and uh, you put them inside the car and you close all the windows and you let them run overnight or whatever, and... uh, they do a process uh, in the uh, on the on the air in the vehicle and and on the upholstery and on the carpet and all that, and it has some sort of chemical effect that that changes odors. And I've heard some people have some success with that, but uh, but I don't personally have one, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how you get them or or what they cost. But I know they use them in um, homes after a fire. Uh, and things like that to get rid of the smells. So maybe that would be a good place to start doing your research would be, uh, you know, one of the home <clears throat> restoration companies. Maybe they know a little bit more about it than what I do. But uh, but I know they're available. That's a good idea. Yeah. Pursue that. I might just do check that out myself. Uh, here's one, Dan. It says, as a teenager in the 70s, my dad taught me how to change oil. One of the first times I did it, the rubber seal did not come off the old uh, uh, oil filter, and after starting my car, my oil ended up on the ground. I guess it was just a comment. It wasn't a question. But uh, I thought the texter was talking about the gasket that goes on the pan, but he or she said the, the rubber seal did not come off the old oil filter. Right. The, what he's saying is, yeah, the rubber seal he did come off the old oil filter and stuck to the engine block. Ah. And uh, then when you go to put the new oil filter on, there's two seals, and that doesn't work. And uh, that's a big training issue at any car repair shop in town, is that when you remove the old oil filter, you need to inspect and be sure that the old gasket came with it and that uh, you're not reinstalling a, a filter with a gasket that, that's left behind because you'll have a, a problem. You're lucky if you have a problem in the service bay where you make a big mess. The bigger problem is if you don't catch it and it goes down the road and all the engine comes out or all the oil comes out of the engine, uh, that's a really big problem. So oh, uh, common problem, very common problem, and... A uh, professional technician is well trained on that because his, the owner of his shop, does not want to be uh, dealing with that sort of problem. 
I guess. Could be catastrophic for sure. Yes, it could. Uh, Texter says, good morning. I have a Mustang parked in the garage that I'll take out again in the spring. It has 25,000 miles on it. It's a 2013. Should I keep the battery in it while it sits during the winter? The garage is heated. Well, uh, we've had this question many times over the past. And uh, what you don't want to have happen is the battery go dead because that's really hard on the battery. And so uh, if you start the vehicle from time to time, let it run for a while and recharge the battery that way, that's fine. Uh, Or put a, you know, a, 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 not a trickle charger, but a keep alive charger on a batter on the battery and keep the battery full charge for the, for the whole winter. That would be fine. Or take the battery out and, you know, bring it in and, and, uh, keep it warm. That would be fine too. The trouble is if you leave it, uh, in the vehicle for too long of a time, there are, parasitic draws like little very very minor draws but from computer keep alive memories and things like that if you leave it long enough the battery will eventually go dead and that's what you don't want to have happen you want the battery uh, to stay fully charged so the simplest and least expensive way to do it is to just start the vehicle let it run uh, several times during the winter and that should take care of it for you okay uh, this texter says, hello, 2003 Chev Malibu. My first two fan options, low one and low two, do not work. What do I need to do? And thanks. Well, most commonly when you get uh, trouble with the speeds of your um, your blower motor, the problem is the blower motor resistor is what the component is called. And it's it's where they run electricity through different, or, or the the electric the 12 volts they run the 12 volts through uh, different resistors and lower the voltage and by doing so they um, lower the speed of the blower motor and when those resistors go bad uh, they that's how they fail uh, you know a couple of the of the circuits go bad and where it'll oftentimes run on high but not on the lower speeds. And so it will probably need a blower motor resistor. And on most cars, you will find the blower motor resistor behind the glove box somewhere in the heater box. And uh, oftentimes they're pretty readily uh, accessible and uh, and pretty simple to replace. Okay. If you're just tuning in, Dan Burns, as usual, uh, ASC certified technician answering your car care questions on this Saturday morning. Let's see. Here's one. In December, Texter says, I had my front rotors and pads replaced. Within the last week, my car shimmies when slowing from high speeds. I believe the rotors are warped. Uh, my question is, what could cause that to happen if they're new? Is there something else in the front end other than brakes that could cause the shimmy to happen while stopping? It comes from Corey. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Denny, you know you know all too well. Sometimes when you do a brake job, things don't go quite right, <laughs> and, and the components don't don't work right. I'll tell that story in a minute. But um, with a with a brake job, if you had replaced the brake rotors and you're getting pulsation, the most common thing that would cause that would be first of all defective brake rotors. I think that's most commonly when that happens. We just warranty the brake rotors, and that takes care of the problem. The other problem uh, 
that happens is if one of the brake calipers is staying partially applied, then the brake rotor itself is overheating, and uh, that'll cause a problem also. And Denny, like with with your car, we were we've been chasing a noise that would only happen once in yeah. in your in your garage. And of course, I'm not there to hear that noise. And fortunately, after when we were servicing your vehicle this week, you went to back up. I was standing there, and I heard the noise. And uh, it's horrendous. It uh, you know that that's uh, that's one of those things that that you're going to have to get. We're going to have to get after and take care of and warranty and and uh, and fix that. But but the brakes you know, work fine though. The brakes seem well, that's, fine. That's what I was. That's what I was just going to say. There's nothing wrong, other than they make a noise and they make that noise just once, but. Like you said, I have a nice car. That's kind of embarrassing when I go to move and, and it makes that noise. And so that noise can be fixed. And all that's wrong is the the uh, mating surface of the brake pad and the brake rotor aren't, aren't happy with each other. And the result of that is that harmonic uh, squeak that you get. And like you say, on your car, it only does it once. Yeah. And then everything warms up just enough, and then it never does it again. But, but that that doing the fact that it's doing it once is unacceptable, and we'll take care of that for you. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> and I'm trying to be positive about it. So when I'm backing out of a parking space, let's say in a parking lot, uh, I, I consider it a warning. <laughs> it's like some of these trucks with the beep beep yeah. beep. This is a warning right. for the for the pedestrians. <laughs> anyway, Dan, uh, we're just about out of time. So if folks want to get, get to that great place called Lloyd's Automotive, and we have so much fun there, and it's so great. Uh, how do we get in touch with you guys? I know you're open for a while on Saturdays. We are. We're open until noon today. So you know, give us a call or come on over today. Even we are at nine eighty two Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria in Saint Paul. Give us a call at 651-228-1316 or give us a uh, look us up on the web and you'll see all sorts of information about us at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Absolutely. All right, Dan, thanks so much. Let's, uh, let's uh, meet again next week for this, huh? Sounds good. All right, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Stay tuned next uh, Uh, Jack Farrell's wine chat is straight ahead. And then get those lawn and garden questions ready for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. That starts at 8, right after the news on News Talk 830 WCCO.